Film on the Rocks is back, baby. Film on the Rocks has been Colorado's essential summer event for over 20 years. They feature live performances and movies under the stars at the iconic Red Rocks Park and Amphitheater. The summer series combines some of the best in culture, views, and cult classics. It's a movie experience like no other. These viewings fill up fast, so make sure you get your tickets ASAP. DNVR Avalanche Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up to get a bunch of amazing odds boosts. I'm your host, Rudo, joined by AJ Hayfley. As we kind of are going to round out the at least internal Avs contract conversations today with mostly what are secondary pieces, kind of bit pieces to a certain extent that the Avs will still You're have. You're a bit piece. Done. I am a bit piece. It's true. Everyone well, knows AJ's the main squeeze here. At I would like a soundbite of that. Pieces. That was amazing. <laughs> We're all bit pieces. In our own way. We're all just specks of dust and nothing matters. Okay. Well, you know, when you put it that way, I'd like to be a speck of dust with $22 million. And a yacht. Oh, yeah, and a I, yacht. Want, I want a really big speck of dust for that $22 million. <laughs> yep. One that glints in the sun a little bit. Uh, anyway, the main piece, the one that is probably most interesting and probably the most likely not to remain with the Avs of potentially, well, I mean, there's guys like Calvert and Belmar that are probably more likely yeah, to be gone. Right but- there. Sure. We don't have to start with Calvert because we can assume he's gone. They yeah. have an internal replacement. That's that. pretty safe. Belmar is probably the more interesting one. So Belmar, yep. not a very good regular season, not uh, a very good series against Vegas. Great against St. Louis. How do you value that? I mean, I don't think the Evs need to bring him back full stop. But... 36 years old. Yeah. Cannot justify much more than about a million dollars at this point. I mean, realistically, you're looking at this year and the only thing that you're significantly hopeful on bringing him back in is is for face-offs and penalty kill. Yeah, I mean, you're bringing him back to be the same specialist player he was last season. Sure. I, I just mean like point production is is pretty much out the window. Sure, he'll give you ten to fifteen points or whatever, but but anything expecting anything out of him on the offensive end is just a mistake. 
And how much did that hurt them against Vegas? I mean, not I, that, not that I want, I don't want to put like right. the failures of the fourth line that, solely on Belmar. That's not fair. I mean, it goes well beyond just Belmar. The, but uh, as the center of that line, he's sure. literally in the middle of the action. He's, so, he's the one that is theoretically driving play on that line. Yeah. And, would, they, would they be better off with JT Comfer as the center on that line? Would they be better off with, you know, Shane Bowers, Alex Newhook, one of one of the one of the young guys in the in the organization. I don't know if they'd be better for sure, but I think they wouldn't be worse. Is the way that I would put it. I I think the floor to get to there that you're asking of anyone that is replacing Belmar is relatively low. Okay. So, in my mind, that makes him fairly easy to replace, at least. As far as on the ice stuff is concerned, and the and the specialty stuff, face off in PK, right? Just not that important, or yeah. just too easily replaced by guys who have more all around skill sets. I think right, too easily replaced, especially yeah. look. A non suspended Nazem Kadri is a significantly better face off guy. Uh, your your penalty kill, you're already finding success with other people like Jost, Nachushkin, uh, Logan O'Connor. There are just other options yeah. there beyond Belmar. And and maybe you get marginally worse on your, your second unit or third even PK yeah. unit of forwards. But Rea- Reality is, is Belmar was not the sole reason for the PK success, uh, as you mentioned, there's a number of guys who stepped into into prominent roles on that unit this year. Yep, and it was uh, a top ten unit in the regular season, and I think the PK finished like fourth in the playoffs. Like right now, I think it's like fourth. Yeah, it was very good. Uh, <laughs> Shelton Dries, no, no, Shelton Dries is not greater than anybody that finished the season on the Avs roster. That is true. I don't have an argument against that, but whether it, it be Newhook or Bowers or, you know, they could go any number of different ways. If they really wanted to maintain the same role, I think they could probably go out and get another 30, I'll 30, 30 to 32 year old center to replace say that. I don't want them to, but you can, prov- you can essentially go get a better version of Belmar. Don't say that. <laughs> I've already said it. You know, you know what's gonna happen now that you've put that shit into the universe. I mean, I knew it was already coming. There is no. That just means it's Nate Thompson season, baby. <laughs> Take your pick. Go, uh, go find your favorite, uh, your favorite free agent grinder to uh, go sit in that spot. It doesn't matter who you take. It's fine. <laughs> Come on, Nate Thompson. Come on. Sure. What's Luke Glenn Denning up to? Yeah, I hear he wins a lot of faceoffs. Doesn't he have another year on his, I his think deal? So, yeah. Oh I no, he is a UFA. Oh really? Yes, Luke Glenn Denning time. <laughs> Who knew that the thing that would finally get me up today and get me going and motivated Luke Glenn Denning? Luke Glenn Denning. Well, 
the mysteries uh, of the world never cease to amaze, I guess. I am so excited. It's good. Dude, Luke Glenn, it's meant to be now. All that talk about Luke Glendening all last year, now it's got to happen. Yo, we have 15 points this year. Respect. I mean, they're, like, there's a dozen dudes in that price range, even. You <laughs> mean a million dollars? Yeah. You could Which, go get uh, the other, I guess he's a RFA. With but. the with the million dollars. Oh, sorry, I'm very tired today. In <laughs> case my seven yawns already during the show have not made that obvious. Uh I am very sleepy. Um for that million dollars, are you better off just dropping an ELC in there? I would. I I think it's pretty easy to to do that. Um Avs obviously seem a little tentative to play Shane Bowers for various reasons, but but at least if this is this is one of the roster spots though that you look at and say they probably don't have to do anything to fill it. The yes. same thing with like replacing Matt Calvert. Yep. That's Logan O'Connor's job. It, there are internal replacements that jump into that very very easily. Yeah. So. It's it's because if we look at New Hook and we assume New Hook is somewhere on the roster next year. Yep. At the moment, I feel like that's a, a safe assumption. Before I, they start making moves and they start making decisions and yeah. and dropping nineteen veterans in front of him. When dudes get signed, the the math changes. But. Yeah, but for right now, New Hook looks like he has an inside track to a roster spot. Yep. So before expansion. And assuming that they keep Jost and Landeskog, that gives them nine forwards. New Hook being New Hook being a tenth, so they would have an O'Connor being an eleventh, one spot to fill, which could easily be Cout or Bowers or Wingerly if you want to put them in there. Yeah, uh, I don't. I wasn't. I don't. I don't know if Wingerly is a. Well, if they, if yeah, they, right. We don't know, but I don't know if he's in the center conversation or not. As a tiny little speedy dude, it could be a good time. Uh, it just feels like that's a recipe for a dude going thirty-seven percent in the face-off circle <laughs> and just getting smoked, getting caves pretty so, badly. Yeah. Yeah. Don't know. Yeah, Sample Ranta could be in that conversation too. Yep. Um, a lot of guys, a lot of guys could be in those in, in those conversations for, you know, Bowers, Cout, uh, Newhook, Ranta, O'Connor. All of those guys should be, training camp should be important for them. Yeah, it's especially because expansion will happen and if they lose one of those forwards or if they trade one of those forwards whatever then there's another spot that opens up all of a sudden and that's another one to fill but this is this is no uh Brandon this is absolutely no offense to him but I don't read Adrian Dater's website um I don't I don't read the athletic I don't read the Denver Post um just um, for me, um, they don't offer me anything as a as a reader. So, 
Again, yeah. I say that with no offense. Right. It's, it's nothing all, about any of it's nothing about any of those outlets or any of those guys. All respect to them, but we are also an outlet and will form our own opinions on said things. Yeah, well, and like I have been remiss in the writing category. I've really dropped the ball since the season ended. Um, my my creative juices are totally empty. Uh, I'm I'm completely. I'm spent. I need a few days to kind of get my brain restarted properly, but uh, I'm taking a road trip this week, so that'll help. That'll get me that'll get me away from everything for a few days so I can actually get back on top of stuff. But anyway, um, I don't I don't read any of that stuff. So I have no thoughts on it. Yep. Uh, continuing on with our, our topic of the day. When it comes to these more edge pieces, I mean, more specifically, the the two curious pieces are are Tyson Jost and Connor Timmons that need deals. The two young guys who prove valuable. Yeah, that aren't... You never know. You never say never on a guy getting added to a trade, but as it stands at this moment, guys you expect to be on the roster next year. Accusations of plagiarism. <laughs> it's funny. The only the only time I ever know about what gets written on other websites is when people ask questions like that or send me links. <laughs> I seriously I'm I'm a voracious reader of content around the internet. Um not avalanche content. Yep. So anyway. Um the, the Timmons-Jost contracts, I think, are really interesting. The Timmons one, I think, is probably pretty easy to just go with a qualifying offer. Just kick it, kick the can on that one. Yeah. But I have also mentioned, I mean, he had seven points in 31 games and no points in 10 playoff games. Yeah. I mean... Like, it wasn't like he did anything... Where you're like, oh my god, a multi-year deal is something that they've got to figure out for this guy, or even a significant raise has got to happen for this guy. Though that didn't happen, he had. I mean, if we're being honest about the season that Timmons had, it was a rough start. Yep. And then it, it looked like he was gone for the year. Like it, he got hurt. Second go of it is when he got much, much better yeah. at the NHL level. Which was surprising because he got hurt. We all kind of just forgot about him. And Jacob McDonald played oh, his man. way into our chaotic, loving hearts. <laughs> and then Connor Timmons was back in business. And he looked so much better. And the of those seven points, I mean, several of them but what three or four of them were of the wow variety. Yep. And he looked on a totally now granted he was eating greedy a little bit at the end of the year against some bad teams that had packed it in. Those are, those are NHL clubs. They're not very good ones, but if he's going to look like that against bad clubs and he's going to hold his own, he was respectable in the postseason. There was, Especially the Vegas series. Yeah, when the Avs kind of shit the bed, Timmons was one of their better defensemen. Yeah, and that was that's as much a commentary on how the Avs as a team played. Or bad, for sure. Which yeah. is something we talked about during the series. It was, what, game three or four where we were like, 
if Connor Timmons is one of your better players, you probably played like shit. Yep. And that's, again, not a knock on Connor Timmons, but on a, on your of your 18 skaters. At least that dude showed up. He can't be one of your two or three best players in a postseason game. He probably shouldn't be in your top five best. He but... shouldn't be in your top ten. <laughs> Fair enough. So, you know, but but realistically, like, he held his own. He was, yep. okay. he was okay. The underlying numbers aren't amazing. But they're also not disastrous. They were truly disastrous for both Graves and Nemeth. Yep. And for Timmons, they were just, they were okay. He held his own. Here, uh, while a longer term deal, you know, try and get value on a guy may be enticing for Timmons. My problem with it is you look at the Avs defense. You have obviously McCarr, Gerard, Taves not going anywhere. Those three for sure are not. And then you follow that up with a potentially healthy EJ. Mm-hmm. potentially Bowen Byram mm-hmm. and you're talking about Ryan Graves maybe I'm still on the roster maybe yeah not. well right but I think I think that's the key here uh, if Ray if Graves gets taken an expansion all of a sudden committing to Timmons a little bit longer term becomes a lot more interesting but as it stands right now do you want to be paying over a million dollars to a guy that could realistically slot in as your seventh or even eighth defenseman If he's your eighth, who's your seventh? I mean, are you throwing McDonald in there? Yeah, somewhere in the one of the two yeah. D guys that will get games. But yeah, look, we have to. We still have to use words like potentially because we didn't think that the Avalanche were going to go down swinging with Patrick Nemeth in the lineup when Bowen Byron was perfectly healthy. Yeah, and they they made dumbass excuses to keep a potential impact player out of their lineup. To go down to go down with the ship on a guy that only produced self-inflicted wounds throughout the series. So, you know, it's no I don't think it's any mortal lock that Bowen Byram is in the lineup. I do think it's a good bet. Like I would yeah, I would bet really good money that if he's healthy next year, he plays 70 plus games for the Avalanche. Yep. But until you know, we still have to get there. So and you never know what they're going to do in the offseason. You never know if they're going to say, hey, we want to add. And we want to. Yeah, it comes yeah. rolling into the lineup. Yeah. We want to add another. We want to add, you know, Adam Larson is a free agent. Jamie Alexiak's yeah. a free agent. We want to add a little bit more of a rugged defender uh, that can that can kind of play the Patrick Nemeth role, but actually play that role well enough with the puck on their stick that they're not a total, you know. Disaster. The guy's not a grenade launcher back there. Yeah. So. It's, it's a, you know, they they've got to kind of figure out that numbers game, as you mentioned, that Timmons could be the seventh guy on the outside looking in, depending on what they do. For sure. So I think that it, me, I'm always looking for ways to going and hunting value. You know, and Timmons, if you can get Timmons to commit to a two or three year deal at a million, a million two, by the end of that contract, you're probably getting great value. This year, 
you're running the risk of overpaying him. And when you're in a cap crunch, every $400,000 that you decide on, on any given contract adds up really fast. So, you know, you could, they, they could, they could just throw a qualifying offer at him and call it good and say, go out and do something. You know, we'll see, we'll see what you do next year to earn. Uh, or they could just give him a real deal. You know, the, the QO route worked really well with Tyson Jost last year. So I think that's the, that's the smart, that's the smart play. Yeah. Just, just QO that dude. And then deal with it later. Yeah. Yeah. And then if he, if look, if he performs to the level that you want to give him a multi-year deal, that's a good problem to have. And with Justin Baronardi in the AHL and Drew Hellison likely turning pro at the end of next season, you'll have some other guys along on the way if Connor Timmons eventually prices himself out by outplaying that role in contract to, to a significant level. Yeah. I, I don't think that's that complicated of a process, especially with Timmons because he's an RFA, you can throw the QO at him mm -hmm. and just leave it there. Or if it you get later into the off season and you have a little bit of extra cash floating around, then you can look at potentially giving him that longer term deal. Um, I, I see chat talking about Nemeth. I think the uh, the Avs analytics staff would probably walk out if they tried to sign Nemeth based on his playoff uh, underlyings. But so for the record, uh, the Timmins the Timmins qualifying offer would be eight seventy four one twenty five. Yeah. So just a shade under 900K. I think that's probably too good a value for them yeah. to try and get, fancy get cheeky yeah. and give him 1.2 and try and get an extra year or two years out of it. Before we get to the other side of this conversation with Jose, we do have to take our first period break. We are brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. You can head on down to the bar to get eight different kinds on tap. Also, be sure to try their seltzers. Absolutely delicious. I know poor Canada can't get them, so AJ's going to bring some to Winnipeg, hunt him down, and, and steal. Some, <laughs> I should I should bring like like a bunch of them yeah. and just like toss them out in the middle just of have Winnipeg. Like a bunch of like fifteen packs in the back of your car. Yeah, and just <laughs> sit at the, the the corner of Portage in Maine, and just as cars go driving by, just flipping them out. Like, <laughs> all right, beer for everybody. <laughs> there you Fuck go. The pandemic. AJ live of the dream out here. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be like 90 degrees in Winnipeg. So I'm going to do, I'm going to have to do something to keep myself ooh, cool. Yeah. That's toasty. That is, yeah. The Canada's in a big old heat wave right now, aren't they? Um, uh, I think a lot, a lot of us are about to be in a big old heat wave. Well, fair enough. Colorado's been hot too, honestly. <sighs> but, uh, also brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee, the CBD-infused coffee that has changed lives. If it's too hot for you, come get the cold brew down at the DNVR bar. You can get 25% off when you order for the first time online with code DNVR25. And 20% off going forward indefinitely when you get their subscription service. So jump on it. I uh, I feel like I need some of that every time after I golf because my joints all hurt because I'm bad at golf. But, you know... 
You can also sign up for a DNVR membership. The annual membership gets you a free shirt, gets you a mask, gets you uh, big beers down at the DNVR bar, access to the DNVR lounge. The list goes on and on and on. So sign on up for that. Help support us. Obviously, that's a great way to do it. We appreciate all of y'all people. If you don't want to do that, at very least, like and subscribe to the video. That helps us out a ton here on YouTube. Gets us going in that direction likes subscriptions both very important on youtube if you really like us you can hit the bell and get notified every single time we go alive second period of the dnvr avalanche podcast presented by that DraftKings sportsbook tyson jost is sort of where we are talking about connor timmons being next year Last offseason, the Avs just gave Tyson Jost his qualifying offer. He showed up, and particularly in the second half of the season, earned himself a bona fide contract this coming year. <laughs> yep. I like the idea. <laughs> he gets a real contract now. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Slowly working down the, the house yacht DNVR subdivision fund. Another... 100,000 years of super yes. cats and we'll we'll be there. Thank We're you so much. <laughs> much appreciated. Thank you. <laughs> for, for getting us one step closer to us having a home. Nearly nearly not homeless here at DNVR. What are we talking about homes for? I want that 22 million dollar yacht. Well, to just yeah. sit in the back of the bar in the parking lot so none of us can park there. All right, yeah, but if we get a $22 million yacht, I'm making it my home. Like, I'm just going to live on it. <laughs> Not a bad idea. <laughs> uh, Jost obviously stepped up quite a bit this year. Um, 17 points in 54 games, but I think 13 of those came in the last half of the season at least. The last 26 uh, games. So played his way into a, a role as well, obviously establishing some himself on the penalty kill. Uh, that chemistry with Nachushkin has continued to, to flourish as a aggressive forechecking shutdown combination. Got beat up analytically in Vegas as he had to play over his head with no yeah. Nazem Kadri. Right. The, he was not a, a de facto 2C, and guess what? He's not we a saw that, yeah. We saw that limitation there yeah. where he broke out offensively and he he was he had settled in really nicely. He was doing a good job against other third and fourth lines in a in a really good depth role. He was excelling. Got to the Vegas series, had to play up in competition a little bit, got crushed. Yep. Just wasn't wasn't able to handle it. Uh, just was not able to handle it. That's that's a reality you you understand and live with with Jost right now, though. Yep. So you you understand his role as a third liner shutdown guy who he he feels close has always felt close to being able to be a bit more productive, but there was at least enough production there in the second half of the season that you can say, look, this guy has has justified an extension. The question is, where do you go with it? You look at Nachushkin's deal and you say that seems expensive. Um, Nachushkin's deal was two and a half million for two years. But 
there's also the question of how much term are you looking at? Is is this a is this another bridge that that keeps Jost as an RFA? So this is his fifth year. This would be his fourth year, I believe. Yeah, his his contract slid the first in sixteen seventeen. Yeah, so this is his fifth year. Yep. Um, so you'd have to give a a one year deal if you wanted to maintain RFA status. You give him a two year deal. Would he only be? No, you're right. One year. Yeah, because yeah, I wouldn't worry, man. I wouldn't worry about it. Don't just just sign him to what he's worth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I said when it got signed that that Ryan Hartman deal three years at like one point seven or eight whatever whatever it was that Minnesota gave Ryan Hartman that's yeah, exactly where that's exactly in the neighborhood of what Colorado should be trying to get Joe on. would be very happy with a deal like yeah. that honestly he hasn't been as offensively prolific as Valerie Nachushkin which is funny to say because <laughs> that guy just disappears for such long stretches. But has not produced as many points in each of the last couple of years as Nuke. So I feel like giving him two and a half is probably inappropriate. I would not, I wouldn't make any bones about two, but I would definitely want multiple years. I think two would be the hard ceiling for me. Uh, Yeah. Anything over two, it starts to feel expensive. Um, and yeah, if you're talking about a two million dollar, I think it starts at three years. If he wants, uh, if he wants one point, if he wants less years than that, then the conversation becomes that one point seven ish Hartman. If he wants three years at that number, I think that's great too, obviously. But it, it's weird to talk about these types of contracts because we're talking about less than two million dollars off the Avs cap here. Yeah, but the reality is, uh, the differences in if the Avs can scrape out an extra five hundred k here, an extra million dollars there. Yep. Well, you you save, say he wants two million and they get one seven five. Yep. All right. So you save two hundred and fifty k on Jost. If you could save another two hundred k here, another two hundred k there, one hundred and fifty k there. Oh, great! You've just carved out an ELC. It uh, it adds up fairly quick, yeah. especially when you're talking about some of these cheaper ELCs. You know, if you can save eight hundred fifty thousand, nine hundred thousand dollars on your cap, all of a sudden Martin Cout fits in your lineup. Pick an ELC. Yeah. You know? Right. That's where. That's where you. Whoever. You you sneak the guy in there that uh, has the best camp. Yep. You know, Sampo Bowers. Whichever Cal- one doesn't matter, yeah. Whatever. That guy rolls in and just takes a job in camp. You're like, all right, dope. Easy enough. That's- so you do like it is important to kind of shave those numbers as much as you can. It's not critical, but it it is more important now than in previous years. But if you don't shave those numbers, you end up being Las Vegas playing 15 skaters at the end of the year. <laughs> yeah. If you if you give in to every little contract demand, it's it's how you end up. Like, have you looked at Pittsburgh's cap situation? I have not. Yeah, so go look at it. It's kind of wild, man. Because they've got 
Oh Nine forwards making two point six million or more. That yeah, and they have, and it's just like it's like a sea of three million, yeah. like two to three million dollar guys. Where you're like you you couldn't save five hundred k on any of these guys, five, any of them, five defensemen making at least four million. Yeah, you look at you look at uh, like they went all in on John Marino after one year. Yep. That's they're yeah, that's pretty crazy. They're super locked in for next year. Yeah, like they. What is what do they do? They have, you know, like how where do they make improvements? They they're already what one million dollars, two million dollars. Sorry, two million dollars from the cap. Yeah, and they have to sign at least one forward. I guess they could promote somebody, but they, they they have to take another forward contract onto their roster. Yeah. And that's where that's where you look at a roster like that and you're like, look, this is this is where you have problems. We've we've said it before, the, the contracts that really, really, really hurt you are those mid-level deals. Yep. It's the three million dollar contracts. And look at the three contracts everybody talks about the most in getting rid of uh, out of Colorado. Comfer, Comfer, Graves. Yep. What do they get paid? 3.1 to 3.9 million. Yep. Those are the contracts that hurt you the most if you were in terms of like actually extracting value out of those because you're getting like they're thrilled with what they've gotten out of Donskoy for 3.9 million. Totally. And at the same time, they're they're not loving what they've gotten out of Comfer for 3.5. And Graves at 3.1, I don't feel like he was overpaid that much. I don't think Grind Graves had the disaster of a season that a lot of people did. Um, the analytics will tell you that he was solid. Yeah, he was all right. Wasn't spectacular, but... But, I mean, here, the thing is, even with Donskoy, who everyone's happy with what they got out of him for 3.9, you look at an Alex Newhook and say he could do that for a quarter the price. Right. ELCs are just such a powerful tool that it makes it hard for those mid-level contracts to be worth it. Exactly. And when you have guys like Cout and you have guys like Newhook and you have guys like even Ranta, maybe even Bowers, you're talking about middle six play here. Yep. You're not you're not talking about high end guys, but you're also not talking about bottom of the barrel of the league here. Yep. You know, Bowers is probably the one with the lowest ceiling who probably will have the most limited NHL role. But those other guys should be able to be at least middle six caliber of players and doing so for under a million dollars versus multiple guys making more than three. That's where you want to clean it out. And that's where it brings us to the the guy that we really wanted to talk about today, which is Brandon Zod. Yep. How do you keep him? Because I think I think everybody would agree at this point. Brandon Zod worth keeping was a really good fit in Colorado. Uh, did everything that you wanted him to do, but coming off a six million dollar deal, how do you keep him? It's a tough question. He's gonna have to probably take less, but we will answer these questions after our current second period break. As we are brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, my pick of the week, AJ. Uh, give me a good Rockies bet to go with because if Marquez is on the hill, every time I bet for him over on strikeouts, it hits. So that's my go-to, but there are other fun options you could take. 
could take a story for a home run at plus 400. Look, I just made a bet with Drew that the Rockies will get no hit at some point this season. We, right, have, a, we have a Breck Sampler pack on the line here. I don't think that's a bet that you can make on DraftKings for specifically for the Rockies to get no hit, but possibly. <laughs> um, I don't know. You know, why not bet on Tapia to get a hit? He's, there you go. He's get, hitting like the streak going. Well, he's he's hitting over three hundred in the last like six weeks. I'm sure you would not get great odds on that, but also there would be a nineteen game hitting streak. So why not have a little bit of fun with it? If I'm Brandon Sod, why would I go back to Chicago? What does Chicago have for me? Yeah, I don't. Going this, back to Chicago doesn't make a ton of sense. Yeah, at this at this point in in Sod's career, you know they've got Kane. Uh, Taves is supposed to come back, but out there, out there on the wings, they have young guys that they want to invest in, and guys that have played pretty well for them. I mean, DeBrincat and Kubalik have that, that's two of the that's two of those spots right there. And then they, you know, I didn't even I haven't even mentioned Kirby Doc is somewhere in that top six. And I just don't I don't know. I I could totally understand why Brandon Todd would go and chase money somewhere, but why would you want to go back to a rebuilding situation that you had a sour taste in your mouth when you left? Probably not a bet you can make on DraftKings Sportsbook is Brandon Sod going to Chicago, but. You can head on over there, use that DNVR code when you sign up to get amazing odds boosts. Obviously, must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Other terms, restrictions, and conditions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Download their top-rated app now. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Also brought to all y'all by Hassle Cattle Company. They brought you damn good beef to go with our damn good beer. You can get the burgers down at the DNVR bar. That is the Wagyu burgers, which are absolutely delicious. If you want their other products, you can order those online at HassleCattleCompany.com. Get 10% off of code DNVR10, and you get buy three, get one free. If you want to buy four steaks of pretty much any kind, whether it be bone-in ribeye, you name it, all sorts of that stuff. Delicious meat. Go get your stuff. $200 orders get free shipping as well. So jump on that while you still can. And, of course, brought to you by Solace Meds. That's S-O-L-A-C-E meds.com to order online. You can get up to 20% off with code DNVR20, as well as great deals on other select items in-store. Order online for pickup. Go on down to whichever of the four convenient Colorado locations are there for you, including one right next to the bar. So super easy. You can hit up double duty there. Go get your beer at the bar. Go pick up your other THC CBD products from Solace just down the road. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Brandon Saad. Look, uh, there's no guarantee that he even has any interest in coming back to Colorado. But when you look at... Who doesn't want to live in Colorado? That, right. I mean, that's a weirdo. I'm throwing that conversation out the window because even even without the obvious everyone loves to live here, yada, 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 the Colorado Avalanche are a team that if you want to win a championship, they're probably on the short list right now. 
Yeah, if you're talking about teams that you think of as championship caliber teams, teams that you really feel like this team has a good, a real shot to win a cup. Yeah, probably five to seven teams that you really feel good about. And now, and again, the, the postseason is always unpredictable. But yeah, Dallas went to the cup finals last year as kind of a meh team, and Montreal is on the verge of repeating the feat. So, and but and you look at those teams and you say, okay, well, Tampa has absolutely zero cap space, Vegas has absolutely zero cap space. So, a lot of teams are eliminating themselves. And I'm not saying the Yavs necessarily have enough cap space, but they have more than a number of other potential championship caliber options the islanders and penguins yeah pretty pretty tight brad ain't taking a three million dollar deal to go sign in pittsburgh like the uh the caps have like nine million dollars to spend and they have to find uh, they they need another goaltender contract and they have to sign Ovi. yep so not super big players there either so when you're talking, you know, and, and Colorado's cap space right now is deceiving. Yep. Um, kind of in the same way that I think Boston's is. Because Boston has so many guys that they need to sign. Right now they have like half of a defense and no goaltenders. Yep. So, you know. And look, as it stands, it's not going to be easy for, for Colorado to sign someone like Saad to a deal. It, it starts with the fact that Saad's not going to make $6 million anywhere, I don't think. I'm really curious because there's talk that a guy like Zach Hyman is looking for $6 million. Yeah, that... And in a world... In, in, in the pre-pandemic world, pre-flat cap when it was going up every year, sure. I could totally buy that. I don't think that that's a preposterous thing to ask at all. In the fl- in the flat cap world, it feels preposterous. Yeah. Just, just me personally, Zach Hyman's a really good player. but It's a dude with a career high of 41 points right now. And... and Given some plumb line mates over the last couple of years, he's yep. really helped fill out those lines and make them all good all around. He, he's great in his role. Is yeah. a six million dollar player? Psh, that's a tough sell. Mm-hmm. Which uh, certainly, I think, sad fa- sod rather falls into a uh, similar category. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. He had he, incredible playoffs, but yeah. we've talked many times about how you know three of those goals were. I mean, quite. Yeah, um, seven goals and one assist. Like, yep. He scored. He scored what fourteen goals during the regular season? Like, obviously, is yeah, fifteen goals in forty-four games. Av's got good value out of him. Oh, easily. He's on a just shy of 50 point pace in an 82 game season. I think, I think Saad is going to, he should be right in that $5 million a year range. Yep. And again, you consider that there's just not a ton of cap space around the league. 
there are like maybe like 10 to 12 teams that are like flush with space. And some of those teams, like, is Brandon Saad going to go take big money to play for the Devils or the Red Wings or the Sabres or the Coyotes? I, I, I tend to think no. So some of those teams that do have a lot of cap space, you kind of just write off quickly. Because it's like, I for the same reason why I'm kind of skeptical that why he would want to go back to Chicago. Why would he want to go to any of those teams? Yep. Why would he want to go to any any rebuilding program? Columbus, Anaheim. None of those none of those teams make any sense, right? And here's when you start talking about the four to five million dollar player range, it probably won't be as exaggerated as bad this offseason, but we saw last offseason very, very few of those guys got signed early. A lot of those guys went deep, deep into the free agent market as teams tried to figure out exactly how much money they had mm-hmm. and how they could work a player like that into their team. Well, last year, just not a lot of multi-year deals. Yep. This year, I think I think we'll be you'll see more multi-year deals, but I do think that the AAVs are just going to be down a little bit. Yeah, I could see. What I do think would make a lot of sense for a guy like Brandon Sod, if he wanted to do this. One-year deal, comes back to Colorado, plum situation, really good team, gets to compete, gets to play a significant role. You know, gets to be gets to be an important guy for a contender where he can also put up big numbers and put himself in position for a multi-year deal down the road. Because while the cap may not be going up, in, in the next couple of years, teams are going to have more cap space because they're not going to continue to plan for the cap going up, going up. Yep. They're going to plan for a stagnant cap for five years, you know, whatever, whatever they're, whatever they're actually planning for. And that just means just naturally more of that cap space will open up over time. And he might be able to secure a long-term deal a year from now. Sure. Well, and, and every year that goes by, the NHL is going to have a better hold on exactly how long this flat cap is going to be around. Because right. it, let's be honest, it's still very much in flux right now. Yep. 12 months ago, we were talking about, oh, it'll be a two or three year flat cap. Now we're talking about four or five. Yeah. In a year, who knows what that number could be. Exactly. So Saad is, Saad is a guy where I think there's so many different things that are in play with him. Um the one the they won't be able to just sign him and sign right. the other guys right. and McCarr and all these. They would guys, have right? to do some kind of work. Something else has to go for Saad to fit. You losing Jonas Donskoy in expansion and up. Oh, well, there goes three point nine million. Give Brandon Saad four. That's not enough. Yeah, you if you they give would Brandon need to... Saad four, you're still you're short uh, fitting any LCs or right. Jost or something. Right, because you are giving Jost a raise. You are giving. Yep. At least nine hundred thousand dollars again to Connor Timmons. Like yep. those guys, those guys are getting money. So they would need to move out one more meaningful contract. Whether that's Graves, Comfer, EJ. EJ, right. You know, whatever, whatever that other deal is. There would have to be another way. Yep. There would have to be another avenue of opening up cap space. 
Sure. If they wanted to move Kadri, the problem with moving Kadri is that there's no replacement. Those other those other cats can all be replaced internally. That's and if you think Alex Newhook is ready for the two C job, then you're making a huge leap of faith. Because as we said, Tyson Jones can't take that job. And so if Alex Newhook goes into the first 25 games of the season and drowns in that role, you moved on from Nazem Kadri for iffy reasons and you didn't you didn't do enough to replace him. You're I, I don't think you can just say, well, Alex Newhook is the plan just, at 2C. I mean, it just doesn't make a ton of sense, right? Just for the record, I know there's a lot of recency bias about the Kadri's end of the season and obviously the suspension in the playoffs, but in the regular season as a whole, Kadri outproduced Brandon Saad. Yeah. He provided more offense to Colorado than Brandon Saad did. All the talk about what a bad year Nazem Kadri had and Kadri this and Kadri that and Oh, he was selfish, and he hurt the team, and oh, he was ghost in the regular season. That was on pace for like a fifty-five point year. Yep. Even with even with him going twenty games between goals, he still produced like a madman. Like he still produced like a legit two C. Yeah. It I don't subscribe to the to the get rid of Nazem Kadri game plan like look if you're getting rid of cadre it's because you've done something big right that that's a different conversation if you're you're going out and getting a big piece but uh what would it take to get drew and to colorado a, a time machine to go back and pick several, him yes yeah, several <laughs> years to go back and get and get him this this is done yep i don't know hard pass on duran he doesn't do anything for colorado that they that they need. Bruin Dream has been dead for a couple years at least. Yeah. Like why would you go and why would you go and do Jonathan Duran when you have Andre Burakovsky? Yep. They'd fill the exact same role. Yeah. You need you need a, a more consistent, a little more physical, you know, a little more well-rounded guy. You can get by with guys like Kadri just fine or not Kadri Burakovsky and and Duran just fine. But you need to surround them with some dudes. And putting them guy. putting them together, I don't think would be good. It just feels really, really soft to me. You'd, you'd end up with nights where that line just ends up being passenger city, right? Oh, dude, could you? I mean, Duran on the left and and Burakovsky on the right, and it that line's just a ghost on any well, given night. Yeah. Then you try and put New Hook in the middle, and it's like on a on a bad <laughs> night that that night puts up a negative four yeah. and loses you a game. That line has two speeds: ghost or absolutely going off yeah. nothing in between <laughs> yeah. right I just... Kadri um Kadri is a tough one because he is going into the last year of his deal and you're probably not re-signing him when that's over yeah it's kind of just there is a guy like Phil Deneau that is going to be in free agency that will be that would be super intriguing you wonder about the offensive upside of Deneau, though. It's, it's just kind of iffy. Yeah. But if you end up with Deneau and you end up kind of mediocre offensively at between between Jost and, and Deneau, but you end up really good defensively, that might be an okay trade. Yeah. I mean, you, you're looking at reshaping the way the second line functions at that point, right? Like you're probably trying to drop Landy down to the second line or something. No. And creating a shutdown line? No, no. 
You wouldn't. I'm my for me. You no. just live with the offensive question mark there. Yes. Okay. So, it, because it, look, if they had filled the no in the Vegas series to 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 shut down William Carlson's line, Colorado wins that series. I mean, there's a lot of things Colorado could have done to win that series. I know. That's one thing that makes me feel warm and fuzzy when I think about the frustration of how they lost that series because it was death by a thousand thousand paper cuts. Yeah, I I mean, you talk about the second line, better defense or Andre Burakovsky shows up before game six. They probably win that series. (laughs) I mean, pick a guy, dude. Yep. If Sam Gerrard plays a little, just a little bit better. If Phil Grubauer plays just a little bit better. Yeah. If Nathan McKinnon scores just one goal in two different games, you know, like there was a razor thin margin in that series. It ended up being a really, really, really thin margin between them winning and losing that series. So, you know, and and if they if they move on from Kadri, then going after a guy like Deneau makes all the sense in the world. Sure. I'd be all for it. The problem is, is that you are bringing in very real offensive question marks with Phil Deneau. Like he's just not. Yeah, it, he's not a very good offensive player. He's he's okay offensively, and if you're comfortable with okay, because you're really good elsewhere. I mean, if you have Phil Deneau, you move on from Kadri, whatever. If you could bring San, Brandon Sod back and put him with Burakovsky, and then Phil Deneau in the middle, ah, you're in the money. If you hell, if Alex Newhook plays on the left side, next to Phil Deneau and and Andre Burakovsky, you're in the money. Well, uh, the one thing I do like about it is a little bit of flexibility, right? When you are working a player like Alex Newhook into your lineup, especially if you're trying to work him in at center, boy, would it be easy to say, "Oh, Newhook's hot tonight. Put him up with the second line. Let the offense go." Yeah, real easy to drop to know down the lineup and have him be a shutdown guy on your third or fourth line. Yeah, and he replaces um, the the faceoffs from Kadri as well. Yep. yep. Um, and then he probably become he probably replaces Belmar as your like late game send him out guy there to take well. a faceoff guy. Yeah. And then you're more comfortable. Maybe at that point uh, with a guy like to know, you're more comfortable letting a young guy like Bowers kind of get his feet wet and get crushed in the faceoff circle as a rookie, as all rookies do. Yeah, maybe. So I don't, I mean, didn't, don't really want to get too much further yeah. into the right. no stuff right, right. now, but that's, he's, a, he's a guy that I have my eye on. It will be certainly interesting, but extremely hypothetical at yeah. this point of the off season. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, I think we're just about done here. The off season is always, always interesting there for players that have significant value. The market really hasn't been set at all this off season. Yeah. So I am curious to see when the dominoes do start to fall on guys getting extended or, or signed of significant value. I know we saw like Matt Nieto get his extension, but. That's a pretty minimal deal. Uh, So we'll have to wait and see. But thank you, everybody, for watching, listening, however you consume the pod. We appreciate y'all a ton. Again, like and subscribe to the YouTube video. If you don't watch us on YouTube, highly recommend you check it out. It's the best way to catch the podcast, certainly live. And, of course, you can catch it after the fact as well. 
tomorrow we have our big dnvr 1000 show hope all of y'all will tune in for that it's going to be in the evening i believe at 5 p.m yep 5 p.m our time yep 5 p.m mountain so tune in in the evening for that one hope all of y'all will join us on that and i saw a few people saying oh i'm not going to get to see it you can always always replay videos on youtube even like they said euro avalanche weren't going to be able to see it you might not watch it live but you can always find it on our youtube channel or you can actually find the podcast on spotify itunes wherever yep you'll be able to watch the whole thing after the fact just won't be able to live chat but Hopefully to see all of y'all there with some of our guests as well. Until then, we will talk to you all later.